podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the RVK, the Raspy Voice Kids. We are back in the building once again. We're going to get right on topic with pop culture. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl commercials, the Oklahoma University and the Texas Tech University games for our West Virginia men's basketball team. We're going to wrap up the RVK Coaches Royal Rumble. It is the finale. I will give a fish fry recap, talk about the money raised, the faces seen, and how it all went down. And you'll hear an interview with Eric Bailey of the Turf Tulsa World News. The Tulsa World News, the 2018 Oklahoma Sports Writer of the Year. He's going to tell us a little bit about Austin Kendrick. Buck up, it's time to ride. commercial time for so many people Super Bowls are the most important part sorry commercials are the most important part of the Super Bowl because even if you don't like football you like to laugh that's what Super Bowl commercials are about this is Brandon Phoenix Mr. AKA I also hate Pitt joined by Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix we are going to give you what we thought were the most important and or the funniest commercials of the Super Bowl Super Bowl number 53 XXXIII It's not XXX, it's L-I-I-I. Come on, Brandon, get your Roman numeral straight, please, thank you. Jeremy, what did you think? Where did you land on the most important commercials from Super Bowl Sunday? I will say, like, growing up, it was a thing. Like, Super Bowl commercials were a big thing, and uh, everybody always gathered around the TV to watch. I don't know, I feel like they've fallen off. They haven't been as good as they used to be. Like, I feel like they need to bring back the Bud Bowl. Remember that? Love the Bud Bowl. The Bud Bowl, it was just fun, it was just exciting. Um, but there, there were some commercials I thought were really good. Um, the one with Colgate. Do you remember the one with Colgate? I don't remember that. Where is that Owen Wilson? What's Owen Wilson's brother's name? Uh, Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson's like, uh, can never be too close. And the guy's like, uh, yes, you can. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so true. I hate when people are so I'll be close. honest. So I ended up getting stuck at a house. <laughs> Not stuck because it was a great time to be there. But I was in a position where we didn't have DVR. And I wasn't so... There, oh, I'm telling you, like... I no wasn't di- so invested. Our, our next pop culture needs to be, if you don't have DVR, you're doing yourself wrong and everybody else wrong. I can't watch TV without DVR. I need to rewind. I'm sorry. No, DVR was life-changing. So, I'll tell you, uh, I like the... Are you have any more? Uh, yeah, all mine are like n- nostalgia stuff. All right, what else you got? Like, you see the Walmart commercial that had like all the old school cars? Yeah. They had the Batman car. They had the uh, one from the Flintstones... Bumblebee was in the building. They had Knight Rider. They had uh, the Bat- yeah, well, Batmobile, Jurassic Park car. Like They had all these cars pulling in. And I-, I can't remember exactly what the message was. I just remember it was Walmart. That's one, one of my problems with Super Bowl commercials. Do you understand the message? But we can continue. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I remember it was a Walmart commercial. And that's all they care about. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the big things. They all only thing they care about. So they had all those people in it, which I thought was super. Was was I don't know. It was just fun. It was fun, like reliving your history. The Back to the Future car shows up, and you're thinking, oh, which car is coming next? It was cool. Um, the one with Coke, where it was a Pepsi commercial, and the lady asked for a Coke, and and the waiter goes, "Would Pepsi be okay?" 
And then Michael Scott, Steve what, Carell, Michael Scott comes out and just grills him about how would it's, this be okay? Is it okay? Like Cardi B's in it. Like I, I oh, did. Grrr. I love, I love that commercial. Not because it was a good commercial, but like Michael okay. Scott. Okay, Michael Scott is just the best. Michael Scott is absolute best. But my, fa- I wait to tell you my favorite. I'm gonna let you go ahead and get in, and get into some of yours. I love the Stella Artois commercial. I really did. I liked. The, you had the class and the elegance. Artos, Artos, yeah. Exactly. I love the sophistication. <laughs> and then you have the dude show up. You ever, Jeremy, have you ever seen, have you seen? Um, I, I know what it is. I've seen like little clips. The I, dude abides. Yeah. Jeremy, that's a, it's a great movie, first of all. But second of all, it was a great add-in to bring him in and say uh, stellar Artos. Jeremy, so good. But the connection was still there between him and the dignity I love that commercial. No, here's the thing with Super Bowl commercials: either you have to have a great concept that's just awesome, or you have to have cameos. You gotta have cameos. And it's period. best when you do both. And if you can do both, do both. Um, the elevator commercial with Michael Bluth. Michael Bluth. The elevator commercial where they come in. Um, Michael Bluth, of course, is. Oh, uh, uh, who plays Michael Bluth? Jordan, you remember? Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman playing Michael Bluth. He's not playing Michael Bluth. He's just being Jason Bateman. And he's running the elevator, and these people say, we're here to buy a car. And he's like, oh, you're going way down. And he's taking them all the way down on just the bad experiences that you have. The worse the experience, the lower you go. They had dental work. Um, They had all kinds of different things that were just terrible. And so what they did at the end, though, was they said, oh, no, we used such and such an app to car shop. And as I just said, I don't remember what what the app was. So mission was not accomplished. However, I laughed. I thought it was a really good commercial. I thought it was really well done. I thought the concept was excellent. Um, so when you say that the commercials aren't as good, I disagree. One commercial that, for me, was the pinnacle of missing your mark. I don't know what they were going for, but to me, they missed the mark. And it's like they forgot who they were, you know? And, and it reminded me of the dentist green. Uh, they, they are who we thought they were. Bud Light's commercials. I like those Bud Light medieval commercials. I think they're great. But when Bud Light did this whole thing where they talked about the fact that they don't use corn syrup, who cares? Anybody who knows anything knows that I tweeted out uh, maple syrup, pancake syrup, sipping on syrup. I don't care what kind of syrup you use as long as it doesn't make your beer taste like Bud Light. No, no th- that's true, and that's very true. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. And that's very true. But I will say I love taking straight-up shots. No cowardice. Straight up shots. They but said, the king, the king we're going to Middle of Light. We're going to Coors. They put it out there. Look, this is who we talking but about. Bud Light has been a legend for so long. The fact that they're saying names tells me they're falling down. Coke don't never say Pepsi. Pepsi always invokes Coke. I hear what you're saying. Why? Because one's king and one is not. Look, you can say what you want. I don't care what king is, what not king is. I love drama. That's what I want, drama. So when you mention somebody on the track... When, Cor- when, when, everybody, when Bud Light was talking Miller Light and Coors and showing up to their round, right, what do you prefer? What do you, I loved it. What do you prefer, Bud Light or Coors? Uh, which type of water do I like better? Um, <laughs> now, I feel like Bud Light, <laughs> I, Bud Light is just, to me, Bud Light is absolute and total garbage. And all they did was explain the fact that they're garbage. It was like they're reaching for a hipster vegan market as if those people drink Bud Light anyway. No, it's stupid. No, I will say the whole, the whole commercial is dumb. Who cares? Who cares? But I do like, I like when people like, Involve other people in their drama. But be funny. The fact that you don't use corn syrup is what you went with? I was interested in though. I was interested in it, though. They I had they like. had one of that 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 uh what do they call the movie? Uh not Game the Hobbit. Thrones. Not the Hobbit. Lord of the Rings. They had like a Lord of the Rings journey as they're traveling to go to the I liked it. I'm sorry. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was whack. Tech, I just want to correct you. Technically they are referencing Game of Thrones. 
They were definitely referencing. Well, but the medieval part. Uh, uh, no. They added Game of Thrones for the one dragon one. Oh, oh, that was, okay. But the rest of it, they've been doing the medieval. They've been doing the medieval one thing. With the thing the, like one dork thing, the other dork thing. It's, it's all the same. <laughs> yeah, come on now. Uh, I think Game of Thrones has transcended dorkiness, to be honest. Jordan, what you got for us? I'm, I'm sure you guys want to hear my opinion on the Super Bowl. Jordan, the king of bad opinions, is here to give us one. Can he redeem himself? <sighs> You're not going to like it. I would hope that um, some people would agree with me on this statement. One, the the Super Bowl ads this year were not as good as some of the previous years that I've seen. It was honestly, this is one of the dullest seasons I've seen of uh, Super Bowl ads. Okay, I had fun with like some of the ones that you guys were mentioning, but you know, with the Burger King ad, and he, it was just Andy Warhol trying to eat this burger in a weird fashion. I didn't even know who they were talking about. Yeah. No, like, yeah They're like, Andy, Andy likes it. I was like, who is yeah, that? Andy, Andy Warhol. <laughs> Some guy playing Andy Warhol. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, there were a bunch of just really mediocre ads. Like, I, I missed the Tide ad that they had last year with, uh, what's his face from Stranger Things? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Anyway, but the most disappointing part of the entire Super Bowl was the halftime show. I thought the halftime show was okay. Mm-mm. Not I mean, if you're a SpongeBob fan. Yeah, I, you know, I, now I'll be I, honest. I, I know SpongeBob, what it means culturally. I'm not going to sit here and make fun of SpongeBob. I know. I was with you. I just know I'm 35. I missed the SpongeBob craze. So people who, who were waiting for Sweet Victory, I kept thinking, is that an Aerosmith song? Every time they would say it. Funny. Yeah, no, I really did because I didn't know what they were talking about. Honestly, that is kind of funny. But, you know, it, it was it was a huge movement. There was over, a, like, it was like 1.4 million signatures on a petition and you know the the small cameo is the best that they could do i mean the reason they have the competition though is because Tra- isn't it because travis scott's been using spongebob in his astro no no no, no it was because steven hillenberg had died just a little bit like a few months ago yeah he and, died a few months ago yeah people wanted to honor his uh life as a very good creator and a guy who has made a lot of really good impressions on all these these kids He's in this generation, the entire generation, at least and one generation. Sweet Victory is one of the greatest moments in all of SpongeBob history, and it's one of the greatest songs in SpongeBob history. All Maroon Five had to do it was either cover their song or play a decently long clip from the thing. It's like a two-minute song. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is frustrating when you cannot hit obvious marks, and to me, that was an obvious mark. Now, one thing I'll say behind the scenes: I don't know what the deal was. Like, I don't know what Nickelodeon or Steven Hillenburg's, um, uh, what do they call that? state had to say about whether or not they could use it or how much it would it cost but you would think the nfl could pay for it with the super bowl that maroon five could i personally thought maroon five did what maroon five does their pop band i i wish rihanna would have come out and done that song with them but she was boycotting of course big boy is the clear worst part of outcast he Sleepy is, Brown had the best is. moment of his life that he could be up there getting to sing because andre 3000 was like nine going out and doing that nonsense and, Absolutely. And Travis Scott, in my opinion, Travis Scott did his thing. Travis Scott, so many people complain about rappers coming out and they just roo, 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 yell so loud on the mic with the mic so close you can't understand what they're saying. Travis Scott was clear. He had energy and eh. uh, he did sickle mode. Eh. I mean, come on, for real. Name Bruno Mars. All right, so what was your favorite commercial? Uh, my, my favorite commercial was the Stella Artois commercial. Okay. My favorite commercial by far was the NFL 100 Years. They had everybody. everybody. That's what I'm talking about. You have to have everybody. They yep. had prime time. Deion Sanders, Marshall Lynch, uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Sue, Barry Sanders, Emmett, 
Peyton, Orlando Pace, Ed Reed, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. I mean, every single person that you could think of was in it. They even had Baker Mayfield, which which actually, as I watch, look back on it, it makes me think, you had all these people, you had Baker Mayfield in it, and you couldn't have the MVP in it? They didn't have Mahomes, but Mahomes was in it. I, I didn't see him. If, if he was there, I didn't see him. But the way they did it, the way they set it up, I thought it was great for and again, me. You're deal- I, again, you're dealing with agents too. You have to remember it's, that. It's true. I love that commercial. It was, I that was a great commercial. Love I love that, that it starts with Beast Mode reaching for a piece of cake, of course. <laughs> uh, I also love that when Barry ball, Sanders you know? is tearing it up and everybody's super impressed. Emmett's even impressed and he says, you know I have more yards than him. It's so Which great. to me is the entire existence of, Bear, of I, Every Emmett's time you saw somebody else come out, like somebody, like when Ed Reed came out and he was like stalking the dude who had the ball all of a yeah. sudden. They're all like once again. If you haven't seen the commercial, go look it up on YouTube. They're at some kind of ceremony. There's a there's a, it's cake. a wedding. Marshawn like Marshawn Lynch goes get a piece of cake. The football on top of the cake falls off, and then there's a free for all with everybody doing yeah. what they do best. It's such a fun. It's such a fun. I love the uh, Joe video. Montana's throwing motion. It's still impeccable. That's another thing I appreciate. But you're and, right. That was and, a dope and, Michael, and Michael Irvin comes out and he goes, uh, "Not today, cowboy," and he throws it <laughs> to Jerry Rice. Yeah, no, that was a good commercial. It was dope. Basically, give us your thoughts. You can respond to this when we drop the show. DM us, tweet at us, whatever you want to do. Let us know what you thought about the Super Bowl commercials. Jordan thought they were subpar. I actually thought they were good this year. I didn't think they were the best I ever saw. I thought they were good, though. I'm always waiting to be disappointed because they spent so much money. I'm always waiting to be disappointed. And I thought they actually did a good job this year. So that's what we thought, RVK. We're moving on to the next segment. Rat me, boys! This is Major Harris, and you listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. We are on to men's basketball. This has not been our favorite year, but anytime we can watch West Virginia is a time that we will watch West Virginia. So, absolutely. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by Jeremy J. and Phoenix. You already know. This season has not been fantastic. You guys have already read the article that Jeremy wrote, the cold, ugly love affair with West Virginia basketball. Jeremy wrote that. If you haven't read it, go see it. It's on our website. It's his blog entry. We will be doing a regular weekly blog entry that will release on Mondays. Jeremy killed it with this. To me, he hit the nail on the head. Even though in between writing it and finishing it, we beat Oklahoma, we come back with a vintage 2018-2019 WVU basketball performance against Texas Tech in which we have less than 10 field goals made. Oklahoma, we look so good. We look like... I don't know what that speech was Jerry West gave, but now, especially after the loss, it must have been inspiring. Them the, do- the main speech was, hey, you're playing at home. It's way easier to play here. And the guys were like, oh, yeah, because home is where we beat Kansas. Home is where we beat Oklahoma. Home is where we beat Pitt. Okay, well. Home is the biggest difference. Uh, maybe, home maybe, is where Jerry West gave the speech. Well, 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 maybe it is. I mean, Brandon Napper, man, that dude put on a show. He put showed us, city, he showed us his state. potential. That's the thing. It's, as tough as this year is, as cold as it is outside and inside, watch today, it's kind of warm. But um, they're actually, like, if you want to look to next year, man, there, there are some promising things. So, like, Oklahoma, we win the game. We feel really good. We think maybe they can string two two together. Maybe maybe it's clicking. Maybe they're getting it. Maybe they're becoming a team. And then the next moment they show what makes bad teams bad, pe- teams can't be consistent. Which is exactly what you said in the, in yeah. the article. 
this is what makes bad teams bad. And I love that you said lack of discipline, lack of consistency. I'm not going to give away the whole article because, Jeremy, truth be told, your article was dope. And the people who read it loved it. Loved I, think, I think the end got cut off, though. Uh, we need to read yeah, yeah. I already talked to George. He's gonna, he already, uh, by the time this is out, you'll see it's already been fixed. All right, all right, good. Because good, good. Uh, we, we talked about that. But, um, no, you're exactly right. That is the difference between good teams and bad teams. Good, there are bad teams who rise up. That's why in the NFL you'll see teams who beat the teams that actually make the playoffs, even though they're bottom dwellers. It's doing it every single week that makes the difference. You know, that's that's what really makes the difference. So, you know, we're going to see what they can do. One thing that I'll say is that everybody's talking about how this is not a Bobby Huggins team. You hear that over and over again. This is not a Bobby Huggins team. And my problem with them saying that is this is a Bobby Huggins team. Well, it's fu- minus one very important factor. That's funny. Bobby Huggins said this isn't, this isn't a West Virginia team. Yeah, he did say that. Now, what he's talking about is toughness, and I agree. Like he said, we started out well. Then we got a bad call against us, and then we did not continue. And I believe that is true. What I'll say, though, is the rest of what you see from West Virginia is a Bobby Huggins team. The rest of what we see from West Virginia is a West Virginia team over the last decade. We are not offensively efficient. We do not make shots. Well, that's true. It's true. I mean, I I was just thinking, what would happen if Beetle weren't playing and Sags were playing? And we like, I feel like, and I've said this before, if you told me last year we're going to be out with uh, Dax, JC and Dax aren't going to be back. Then you add in Sags, and now you're telling me Beetle's not going to play? I think I would have expected something like this. And we don't want to make excuses because they've been playing together. Jeremy, they lost by 40 points. They made nine field goals. Well, uh, well, we, anytime you start feeling bad, nine field goals, only 50 points. Realize we would have beat NC State by 26 points. NC State scored 40, excuse me, 24 points against Virginia Tech. I know that's not what we're talking about right now, but I'm just saying, anytime you start feeling bad, realize they scored 24 points in an entire game. Here's what I realize every time I start to feel bad. Our goals have been met. We beat Pitt. We beat Kansas. We even got a win over the Sooners. Now, those are not the original goals. Our those, revised those goals. Those are the revised <laughs> goals. Exactly revised what I was going to say. Those are the revised goals, and we reach them. Because no matter what happens, no matter how bad this team looks, no matter what Pitt does, we beat them. I just It just it just baffles me how Vegas can get it right or, or these people who put out scores can get it right so much. Because you look at the ESPN thing, we had no the chance. FBI. No, you're right. We had no chance. No chance. Remember, Texas Tech has been playing good basketball, right? So that's the first thing. Texas Tech has been playing good basketball. Second of all, bad teams do not play well on the road. And where were we? On the road. It's true. It's true. And so we see this consistently. Um, And people continue to talk about Sags, whether he's really hurt or not. I don't see – my biggest thing is what does Sagabakanate gain from not playing? I'm saying especially what, what does he play? What does he gain? Does he look better for the NBA? Especially if you you get if you got hurt last year and you came back too early and it hurts you this year – the next time, of course, any decent, like, uh, rational human being would say, you know what, this time I'm going to stay out until I'm fully healthy so I can feel 100% comfortable and know that I'm not jeopardizing no, I, my future. I agree, I agree with what you're saying. What I always say in conspiracy theory situations, when people are trying to say somebody's doing something different than what they're actually saying they're doing, I need to know the motive. What is the motive for him not playing? And people say he's preserving himself for the NBA. Okay, then why doesn't he drop out of school and just train? Yeah, true. That's what the NFL guys do. When Will Greer dropped out and didn't play the bowl game, he didn't just not play the bowl game. He went and immediately began training. He prepared himself for the senior bowl. He prepared himself for um, the for the combine. 
That's what guys do who aren't going to play. That's what Nick Bosa did at Ohio State when he got hurt and realized he wasn't going back. He dropped out of school. What point is there for Sagaba Kanate to continue sitting on the bench, dr- flying with the team, if he's just getting ready for next year? Ask yourself that. If you think he's faking, what good does it do him to stay at West Virginia University? What point is he gaining? And the True. answer to me is nothing. So he's probably really genuinely hurt and would rather play the moment he can. Now, I can't say that for certainty because I don't know, but that makes more sense to me than what everybody else is saying. And with that, we will continue to say, no matter what happens, we're going to still watch them play. No, no. We're going to keep watching them play. We just lowered our expectations. I watched hoping that I can see something for next year, hoping that people start getting in a groove or are just becoming that team and coming, you know, coming together. My question is, do you think we make the tournament? Excuse what me. tournament? I was going to say, you know, you spoke too soon. The NIT tournament. Jeremy, are you kidding? We have a losing record. We're ten and thirteen. No, no, but we only, have three, and we, only have, we only have three wins against and power five teams. If, if we if we got on a hot run and made a decent push to the end, what have you seen that gives you the impression we're going to make a hot no, run? That's we'll see. That's what I was asking. I'm just saying technically we're out of the, we're out of the big dance. No, could, could, no, could we make the NIT? If you're, about, if you're talking about, if you're talking about a hot run, a hot run would be winning three uh, four games in the Big Twelve tournament and making the NCAA tournament. No, no, okay. Without getting that's, auto, to me, without that's getting the automatic bid, I'm just saying there's no chance we're going to the NCAA tournament. Zero chance. My question is: Is there? And, and do I say do you think we make the going, No, no, no way. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. I hope to goodness I'm wrong. And that's the thing: is don't mistake what we're saying for for uh, a lack of love. It's a lack of faith. And it's just being real. It's <laughs> just being real. You watch the game. I watch the game. They watch the game. They watch the game. <laughs> we all know and, what we're watching. They don't want to watch it any more than we yeah. do. But they got that flying WV, so you know we stay glued right, all the way through. Astor Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix. This is an RVK, I would say, Golden Blue interview, but we got some crimson and cream in the building today, not by nature, but by what he's covering. Mr. Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World is here today. Eric, thank you for joining the show. Hey, no problem at all. Looking forward to it. Now, Eric Bailey is Tulsa World University, is Tulsa World's University of Oklahoma beat writer, He's been doing that since 2012. He's a graduate graduate of the University of Kansas. He also went to, where? what is it called, the Haskell? Haskell Indian Nations University. In fact, it's an all-Native American school. That's and right. I'm full-blood Native, full Native American. So, uh, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. I'm 117th. I'm 117th on my mom's side. That don't count. All right. He's a 19, he's no, 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 no. Don't let me get away with it. Just go ahead and tell him that, that that don't count. That was obviously a joke. He's a 1996 <laughs> Chips Quinn Scholar and National Award given to minority journalism students. Basically, what we're trying to tell you is that Eric Bailey is the real deal. He won the 2018 Oklahoma Sports Writer of the Year Award. 
given by the National Sports Media Association. So this guy's legit. And what we want to know more than anything else, as Mountaineer fans, we're super pumped, we're super excited, and we want to know, what is it in Norman that makes all of your starting quarterbacks gigantic jerks? <laughs> I, I tell you, I mean, it's one of those things where Oklahoma fan loves them and uh, everyone else hates them. I mean, it, it's just something that comes with the territory. I, and, you know, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of different Oklahoma uh, football players, and they understand that, too. I mean, it's it, it's like, you know, the, the team that everyone loves to hate. And when you're the quarterback, you're, you're the guy uh, that everyone's focused on. And, and that's just what's happened at Oklahoma. And they've had a great deal of success with their quarterbacks. And uh, it, it, I think it just comes natural. I no, no, I hear it, but no, no, I'm sorry, no. no I'm with Jerry. It's not love to hate Oklahoma. They got big mouths. They just talk too much. <laughs> or, or, or sometimes they don't talk enough on natural interviews. Uh, yeah, this is the truth. Look, look, I got mad respect <laughs> for the Oklahoma program, but there's other schools. I mean, you look down at Alabama. I know people hate Alabama, but people don't hate Jalen Hurts like that. No, nope, people don't not. hate Tua like that, and they're big time too. Yeah, and also, the other thing That's I'll funny. say, I didn't hate Adrian Peterson. I didn't hate Sam Bradford. I sure as heck. Do not hate Lincoln Riley. I love Lincoln Riley. I, 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 on the download, me too. So we can get past that. That's not why you're here. The real reason we have Eric Bailey, the real reason we have this real journalist here, is to talk about Austin Kendall. We're so excited to continue to be transfer you. We take what you no longer want, and we make it as good as we possibly can. What can you tell us about Austin Kendall that the average fan would have no idea about? You know, first of all, he just hadn't had a chance to play. And I, I think, you know, even just as a journalist and watching his career, I'm excited for the opportunity to see him take some snaps. I think the one thing everyone doesn't understand about Austin is they assume he's just a plain pocket passer, that he's just going to be in the pocket. But he's more athletic than a lot of people give him credit for. Uh, you know, I've seen him play in spring games. I've seen him play in regular games. And he can make things happen with his legs, albeit not to the extent of uh, Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. But he'll make things happen with his legs. And I think Mountaineer fans will be really surprised, pleasantly surprised with his athleticism. No, I love that. I absolutely love that a quarterback can take off. Here's my thing. This was a debate me and Brandon had. Well, not debate. Well, the thing that we talked about the last show is just because a quarterback can run doesn't make him a dual-threat quarterback. So, which are you telling me that Austin Kendall is the kind of quarterback that will just take off if everything breaks down? No, I think he's going to look to win games with his arm first, I and mean, that—that's his—that's his—that's his, uh, his, his, his strength is his passing arm, his ability to throw the ball. I mean, at Oklahoma, he didn't throw the ball a lot, but he was very successful when he did throw the football. So, I think that's the key. He's going to look to throw first, and I think only you know just. Last thing he can do is run the ball, and I think he'll do that. But he, like I said, he's elusive. I mean, he feels pressure in the pocket well. You give him time, he's going to deliver. Okay. I also heard a rumor, and I don't know if it's true or not, but for me, it's really hard to believe. They said that this Austin Kendall, Kyler Murray, was a big-time battle and that he barely lost to Kyler Murray. Is that true? As in you know, we <laughs> competition. We, we heard that all summer, all, you know, all fall camp, and I, you know, I think it's just one of those things where I don't think it was as close as everyone says it was. I mean, you look out there and you guys, the guy won the Heisman Trophy. You're telling me Austin Kendall's just a, a shade behind the Heisman Trophy winner? That you know, I'm not trying to disrespect Austin Kendall in any way, but I think it was you know, it wasn't as close as many people thought. In fact, Baker Mayfield, after they lost the Rose Bowl to Georgia, uh, Baker Mayfield's last game, I asked Baker, I said, well, what's going to happen at the quarterback position next year? And he said, there's an athlete in Kyler Murray that you'll, you won't believe. He's going to take this program. And I mean, Baker Mayfield was calling the shot back on January 1st of the Rose Bowl last year, and it came true. Uh, and like I said, I don't want to disrespect uh, Austin in any way. I mean, 
no one in the history of college football has been the backup quarterback for back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners. Austin Kendall has done that. Right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Just no, I'm just saying, just bad. It's the timing is just so awful for this young man. That's why I'm excited to see him get to play because I really think he deserves a chance to show what he can do. I thought for sure when you said you talked to Baker after the Rose Bowl, he was going to say, don't talk to me. But it's, it's good to hear that he actually had something to say. Um, my friend has met Baker twice in Los Angeles. She, he gave her a fake name in public twice. So it tells me it's not just a persona. This is who he is. So my, 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 we made a whole segment last year. Every single game we played, we did a why we hate whatever team we played. And last year we did why we hate Baker Mayfield. It wasn't even why we hate. No, it had to be special. Had so to be just special. Continue, but I'm glad to hear what you're saying. You're, you're, what you're saying makes sense. There's two Heisman Trophy winners. You can't expect a guy like Austin Kendall to usurp them. However, if the battle was as close as they said it was, it would have been. It would not have made sense to me that they would have gone out and gotten Jalen Hurts. To me, that's what told the tale. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. And something about Austin, too, he played with some nagging injuries in, in 2016 and 2018. You know, in the opener this year, he had a knee injury in, in, in the Florida Atlantic game. He had a lot of playing action, and he got hurt and knocked out of that game. And uh, what I've been told is that uh, Lincoln Riley was able to – I don't know how you want to how to frame this, but he went out and looked for a veteran quarterback because he just didn't want to take the chance if Austin got hurt again. And uh, in, in 2016, uh, uh, Austin was hurt. had like a little shoulder injury. Uh, that was hidden from the media. We didn't know about that until after the season. So uh, that's what I was told that, you know, they wanted a security blanket. Uh, that being said, you know, I, you know, you bring in Jalen Hurts. Here's a guy who's 26 and two as a starting quarterback, at Alabama and a former SEC offensive player of the year. I think uh, the writing was on the wall. What direction Oklahoma was headed. I think it was interesting that, they, that Lincoln told Austin or told uh, whoever that freshman is at OU that he wasn't going after Justin Fields. Why were they willing to go after Hurts but not Fields? Is it just relationships? Yeah, maybe. And I, and I was told that, you know, I think Lincoln went back and, and told talked to Spencer Rattler, the guy from Phoenix, uh, Arizona, the five-star quarterback coming in, and told him about Jalen Hurts. And uh, Lincoln did that, too, to Austin Kendall. When Austin Kendall verbaled to Oklahoma, he came in January, uh, you know, he's early enrollee, and, and uh, Kyler Murray came in at the same time. And before Lincoln signed Kyler Murray from Texas A&M, he called Austin to let Austin know that, hey, we're bringing in another quarterback. We're bringing in Kyler Murray. And uh, I just feel for Austin Kendall and his family because, you know, that's twice that he's gotten that phone call saying, hey, we're going to bring this guy in. Uh, so in, in a way, it, it's tough uh, for Austin Kendall to get that phone call. Well, if he'd have gone to uh, Tulsa or the Haskell International University, then he would have made that call. But he chose Oklahoma, and that's the way they do over there at Q- QBU, right? Yeah, and, and you mentioned Lincoln Riley. I have been really impressed since he got on campus. I was impressed with him at East Carolina with what he did offensively. Yeah. And you just knew he was, a, he was a budding star, you know, just so young. And, and what he's done at Oklahoma, he just signed a new contract worth $6 million a year. I mean, this guy's uh, he this deserves guy's taking he, he's a heck of a quarterback now, or a heck of a coach, excuse me. But now his big job is finding a defense, a defensive coordinator, and he found one that defense needs to improve at Oklahoma. All right, so so real 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 talk. I need a real answer from you. Bob Stoops in his prime, or Lincoln Riley in his prime? You got to choose one. It's hard to say, just simply because you know you only have two years of uh, you know you can look at two years of Lincoln Riley. We don't know if he's in his prime. It seems like he's in his prime, but he's a young head coach. What Bob Stoops was able to do over 18 years at Oklahoma is amazing. When you think about it, Oklahoma under Bob Stoops since his first season, since year one, they never lost back-to-back regular season games. 
Imagine that. They never lost two straight regular season games in 17 years. Yeah, well, that's I a run. We're Mountaineer fans. I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, you, yes, they're, they're fans to imagine that too. I mean, that's a run. You, you know, and, and Lincoln Riley, you know, that, that's the thing. Whenever he loses a game, well, will he lose another game back-to-back and do something that Bob Stoops never did? So I think Bob Stoops, what he did over 18 years, that's incredible. Uh, and it, it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what Lincoln does over his next four or five years, see what kind of uh, run he puts together. That's a good question, Jeremy. That's a great answer from you, Mr. Bailey. And his answer was Bob Stoops. He said uh, – Yeah, yeah. His, definitely his, Bob his answer was Bob Stoops. Okay. That's what, I mean, it's hard to go against Bob Stoops, who obviously is going to be the next head coach in the XFL. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, breaking news here on the Rasmus Week. <laughs> you heard it first. <laughs> you heard it first. It's just a joke again for somebody to say, and the Rasmus Week kid said. Anyway, so, Mr. Bailey, we thank you so much for joining us. Today was a lot of fun. We asked uh, no. We asked some serious questions. Uh, you were able to give us good answers. We're also going to have some fun. We do have three questions for you because we asked them to everybody. We asked them to our okay. university president, Guy. We asked them to Senator Joe Manchin. <laughs> We asked him to Bobby Huggins, who was less interested in answering them. But we'll ask you, what is okay. the best fast food French fry? Ooh, that's a great question, man. You're going to make me think. Um, there, there, there's a place here in Oklahoma. I don't think they have them in West Virginia. It's a place called Brahms. Uh, Garth Brooks, who is from Oklahoma, loves the place. It's just a fast food restaurant. I'd have to say Bronx. I had it for lunch today. Uh, some of your listeners may be familiar with it. If they know the Midwest city, it's a great ice cream place which makes great burgers. Uh, but, you know, I do enjoy McDonald's. I mean, that's nationwide. But that's traditional French fries. Bronx is my favorite one. Let's say for the record, his answer is McDonald's because that's something that everybody can have. But look, look exactly. us Mountaineer fans who are making the trip down to Norman this year. Yeah, or Stillwater. We will remember it. Uh-huh. Next question. Okay. What is the best Pop-Tart? <laughs> Boy, that's a man. You guys are great, man. I love these questions rather than quarterback questions. I don't think. I mean, I I like just cherry. Man, my daughter. I got a nine-year-old daughter. Uh, when dad doesn't feel like making scrambled eggs, that's what he pulls out of the, the pantry. Uh, we'll go with the cherry pop tart. Hey, that's two weeks in a row here for a cherry pop tart answer. Also, your daughter's a softball pitcher, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, she's learning how to throw. Is she doing okay? She is doing well. She's hitting 44 in the gun, and it's her first year pitching, so we'll see where this leads us. Um, it, it'll be fun to watch her play. I hope you get to cover her one day. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Here's a final question. Toy Story or The Lion King? Oh, man. You guys are awesome, man. I, I, before I answer this question, these were three great questions. Um, since I'm old, uh, I, I love The Lion King. I love The Lion King. Uh- uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. I'm looking forward to the the, the feature film coming out. Uh, that'll be fun. Uh, I'll go with Lion King, but I, I love Toy Story as well. But I'm, I'm just going to pick Lion King because there's only one of them. Toy Story uh, may, making their fourth one. So hey, hey, we're I'll go. Let, uh, we're not going to let Brandon finish because uh, I know he's about to jump in. All I know is you're a very smart man. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. Lion King all day. <laughs> By myself. On the block. One man. All right. We'll go night night. All right, Mr. Bailey. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, this will not be the last time we have you on. This was too much fun. You are too knowledgeable. We will be in further conversations on the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. Uh, hey, guys, that's perfect. Hey, I love West Virginia. I've been out to West Virginia 12, 14, 16, and 18. Loved every trip. Looking forward to 2020. 
the fans there are great. I mean, it's just it's just a fun atmosphere down in in uh, Morgantown. I, I enjoy it so much. So you guys got a great football program and great fans. Well, thanks a lot. Rat this is former West Virginia Mountaineer defensive lineman John Thornton, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. Signing day is over. It is now February 7th as you listen to this. February 6th. Well, you want the good news first or the bad news, Jay? Uh, always give me the bad news. Actually, no, give me the good news because the good news is we kept this class basically intact. Neil Brown comes in. I was worried initially that we'd lose a lot of what Dana and crew had done, mostly Doug Belk and crew had done. Um, but Neil Brown kept the class basically intact. We're getting who we thought we were going to get, and we can move forward with a class that we can be happy with. Yep. Proud of? Probably yep. not. Definitely could have done better, but Neil Brown did his job. No, no, and we, and we made some last-second push for some, uh, some, for some you know, high-caliber guys, higher-caliber guys, and who knows? Like, in this class, there's a lot of bright spots, but I, I'm excited to see this class come in, and I'm also excited to see what Neil Brown and them, them can do with a full year of recruiting because the, the places that they've touched, that they've put their fingerprints all, all over, seems to be a vast you know, area, and I'm excited to see what comes from it. But for this recruiting class, I'm excited. I can't wait to put the pads on and see what comes next. Yeah, that's what I want to see too. And I, I like the fact that, like you said, he just had about a month, maybe not even quite two months, to keep the kids who said they were coming to West Virginia and he did more than keep them. Jet Life Wright, Ali Jennings came away saying he's a better man than he is a coach, and they like him as a coach. Love it. Um, Darnell Wright is who we're worried about. That's the bad news. But Darnell Wright didn't have us in his top ten when he first released it. No, we'd have loved to get him. We'd have loved to get him, but we were on the outside looking in the entire time. We made a last-second push, and we thought that we had an opportunity. We had a chance, but it's one of the things where we just started in too late. Um, we, we sent all them coaches down there. We, we pushed all the right buttons, uh, you know, dotted all the right I's, crossed all Nine the right Nine coaches teams. to see one kid. It's just, you know, when you get in the game that late, it's hard to swing, swing a kid like that. Especially when they already had their heart set on going other places and there's other things. But what we know is it's finally over. We can focus on what's going to happen and, in the spring. And I feel very confident that there's going to be a border patrol now. Yeah, I do From too. From here on out. Neil Brown said he's locking down the border. Yep. So these, like, West Virginia kids are going to stay home. If you're a high-caliber kid, I feel like you're going to West Virginia. You're taking those country roads One home. thing I will say, I think Amir Richardson is a mountaineer if Neil Brown was recruiting him and Dana Holgerson wasn't. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So those are the kinds of things I don't think you will see happening. One, because they'll do a better job of assessing. Two, because they'll do a better job of keeping their word and maintaining integrity. And three, they'll do a better job of identifying kids who can play in Morgantown, who need to be in Morgantown. So we're going to take what we have. We're going to be happy about it. We're going to move forward. And we're going to look forward to the position battles in the spring, the spring game that Neil Brown has talked about, some new things that will be happening, some reveals that will be happening, possible new uniforms through the summer on into the fall when we get down to playing football. Let's go. Rat me, boys! The Raspy Voice Kids would like to take the time to thank our sponsors. We would like to thank Sandwich You, the king of the fat sandwich. Swilled Dog, get swilled responsibly, of course. Astorg Auto of Charleston, Jamie Spears is the man with a plan. If you need a fine luxury car, Astorg Auto is the place to go. Our newest sponsor, the Pizza Place. If you need a best slice in all of West Virginia, definitely check out the Pizza Place. And also by Jim Ashley, the quintessential businessman and international world traveler. And also... By Shrinkables. Shrinkables! Get at us. 
fish fry recap. I was at the Bob Huggins fish fry recap, raising money for the Norma May Huggins, uh, Norma May Huggins Cancer Research Fund for the state of West Virginia. It also supports the miners' funds in West Virginia. That is a great event by itself. If it was held in any any venue with any amount of people, it would be great because of what they were doing there. But this was a venue at Milan Park. With all the stars out, Jerry West, Coach Huggins, Tony Caridi, Damian Owens, Eric Martin, so many cool people, so much fun to be had, and I got to be a part of it, and I was super excited. It was so great that they raised over $500,000 and nearly $500,000 for cancer research in West Virginia, and if you look at our cancer numbers, they're abysmal. This is something that brings a bright spot to our state, and it's something we can be grateful to Coach for putting together and being a part of. But it wasn't just that. There were so many cool people. I got to meet Jackie Sloan. I saw um, Coach Neil Brown. I got to see him. I got to see Shane Lyons. Took a picture with that guy. We talked about him coming on the show. We'll let you know more about that as that goes. Got to see, like I said, Eric Martin, Brent Solheim, Damian Owens. So many really cool people. I saw Jackie Sloan. She did so much to help that thing go behind the scenes. She's been great to the RVK. It was just a really, really good night. So much fun. And if you get a chance... In the years to come, make sure you get your ticket. Whether you do general admission or you do VIP, it doesn't matter because it's fun no matter what. Um, it just was a blast. I was glad to be there. And the musket, the musket they sold, the last one to be fired at the old Mountaineer Field, the first one to be fired at new Mountaineer Field, went for $125,000. One person, $125,000 for the musket. You can imagine what the place was like when that happened. Top notch from top to bottom. Great, great time, and I was just grateful to be a part of that. Hung out with Eric Gresso, as always, Eric Gressack. Everybody calls him Gresso. Always the man of the hour. If you're with Gresso, you're going to have a good time. It was fantastic. Dan Ryan and his wife were there. It was good to see them. Just, it was the who's who. And I got to see Zach Campbell from Dub V Nation. The who's who. The reels were out. Such a good time. And like I said, such an important cause. Next time, if you can't go, you can support it by donating. If you don't donate and you want to be there, you can buy your ticket. This year was $120 for a ticket. VIP, of course, was more. You can buy a table. They had tables that were $1,200, and they go up. But all of the money is going towards a good cause. So if you get a chance, go out for the Bob Huggins Fish Fry. I don't care if you're a vegan. I don't care what it is you do as far as eating. You don't even have to eat. You can just go hang out. You can go bid on things that will raise money, or you can just donate. But do yourself a favor. And be a part of 2020's Bob Huggins Fish Fry. Rat me, boys! Woo! Here we go again. The RVK Coaches World Rumble finally, finally comes to a close we have all the champions from all the conferences we're gonna see who really is the toughest of the tough this is our opinion but it's also fact in stone we have the big 10 which was pat Fitzgerald from northwestern yep the big 12 which was mike gundy poor choice i'm still disappointed our fault the acc's dabbo byog the group of fives, Charlie Strong, coming in from South Florida. Pac-12, Mario Cristobal. Right? Yeah, right. No, look, no, no, no. Cristobal, I, I, Cristobal. Cristobal. See, look, I was saying it wrong, so I, I stopped and looked over. Cristobal. 
Cristobal from Oregon. And the Ed's SEC's Ed Orgeron, which you know he don't play no games down there at LSU. So here we go. Hey, man, I won't make Right. The final six. It all comes down to the final six. Everyone's been tossed out of the ring, either over the rope, between the ropes, underneath. Some have been pinned. But this is it. The culmination of the Royal Rumble. We're down to six. Who will be the elite? Who will be the champion? It's time to find out. Jeremy, where do you go? Who wins this Royal Rumble? I'm saying, is you really real? They asked me. Yeah. Let's see who's really, really real. Are we going through all of them? We're just giving our answer. Let's go through all of them. I all think, right, so I, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald took took the Big Ten pretty much by storm. He no, had, not by storm. He, he, had, had, he had a battle. He had one battle with your man, Scott Frost. Yeah, that was a real battle. I think that that was probably my favorite battle out of all the conferences. That was conferences. the best battle of all the years. It was. Big six foot two, uh, 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 Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern, a bona fide tough guy. He don't play no games. We also had in the Big 12, Mike Gundy, which I don't get. Like, Mike Gundy was a bad choice. I didn't even want to include him in the poll because neither you nor I chose him, but the fans wanted him. And it was, was the mullet. Man. Like, look, I look, look, I got respect for the mullet, the Joe Derrite. I get you. But come on now. It doesn't propel somebody. Can we just say it now? Go ahead. Mike Gundy was thrown out of the ring immediately. Immediately. I can't believe that. ACC, we had Dabo, which we both picked out. That was a unanimous decision between both of us. Because we felt like he brought some fire, some giddy up, some one, two, three kids, something you didn't expect. And after these last few years, I don't, I don't exclude Dabo from nothing. I don't, I don't undersell him from nothing. I feel like Dabo will bring a fire that you've never seen, an excitement to fight, an excitement to whatever he's doing, like you've never seen. I, I believed in Dabo. Yeah, at the very least, he can hold on to the railing for as long as he can. I mean, at the very <laughs> least. <laughs> then we had Charlie Strong from South Florida. Yeah, I, I feel he's like, like the Goldberg of this to me. Yeah, like he's like nothing fancy. Just spear you, grab you, throw you. That's right. And, and everybody's trying to stay away from him or trying to be on the team. Like, yeah, we, we, we should team up to throw these people yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Alliances are being made. Mario Cristobal. <laughs> I think he goes out fairly early, too. He's strong, but I think people team up because he's gi- he's a big dude. They team up. Dude is 6'4". Dude, dude is a and, big and he was dude. a former offensive lineman. They team up to back, to get him out of the ring. Cristobal, Cristobal, to me, is out next. I feel like Ed Orgeron is just so wily, he ain't teaming up with nobody. He's no. just going after people. Nobody he's can, grabbing Nobody can people. understand what he's saying to team up with him. That's they right. Don't, they don't know if he's threatening them or proposing something positive. They don't know. So there's no alliances with Ed Orgeron. So yeah. So okay. Only Megan. I see. He, no, nobody know what you said or what he said. You're supposed to say, what? You like to see homeboys naked. <laughs> hey, man, whatever you want. <laughs> Joe Dierte. Yeah. Hey, man. It's wrong you don't remember that part? No, I don't. I don't. When Joe Durst down there, he's leaving the Gator Farm. The guy's like, "Dang, oh man!" Oh, That's man, yeah, yeah. Literally, yeah. exactly how Ed Orgeron talks. One hundred percent how he talks. Hey, man, I don't know. Dang, oh. Somebody said, uh, "What fight do you want to see next?" They're like, "What battle?" They're like, uh, "I'd like to see the battle between Ed Orgeron and whoever's running the closed captioning system." Ah, <laughs> oh, wow! I love it. I love it. All right, so all said and done, who is your winner? Who you got? Uh. Without question, for me, it's uh, Charlie Strong. I think Charlie Strong wins this easily because Charlie Strong is not just strong. He's not just big. He's also smart. Yeah. I think Charlie Strong wins easily. I shouldn't say easily. Easily is a too too big of a word. No, definitely not. It's I too I big of a word. I, I, think, think, Charlie I, I Strong, think there's I, enough tough guys in this that, that it's I think not Charlie Strong, I think Ed Ordron's too old. Uh, Gundy's too weak and small. Crystal Ball's too old. 
It comes down to Charlie Strong and Pat Fitzgerald, and I'm going Charlie Strong in this case. Here's the thing. The whole time, we knew who the answer was going to be. When we started this Royal Rumble, we knew ain't nobody beating, ain't nobody beating Charlie Strong. This dude is really real. But the truth is, like, I, I, I'm having second thoughts. I'll be honest with you, B. Like, I, I, we, I, this was a foregone conclusion. I think I might be going Marcus Stoball. I mean, dude is 6'4". Dude has a nastiness. He played offensive line for Miami. Charlie Back Strong, when Miami was Miami. Charlie Strong is a strong dude. He's in shape. He's in the gym. He looks like he don't play. Dude is 5'10". This is Lennox Lewis versus Mike Tyson. The reach and everything else. Now, maybe he can, you know, squat down and not get thrown over. I think I think Chris Sobol is just too big. I'm taking him. If I got to give, I'm sorry. I know I'm shocking the world. I'm shocking myself. I'm going Mario Cristobal, Oregon, Coach's Wall Rumble winner. That's my pick. That's my choice. And it's real. I'm not just trying to be different th- than you because the whole time I thought it was going to be Charlie Strong. Not so fast, my friend. Hit me with the lead Corso. Mario Cristobal, Oregon. See, see I would have gone Fitzgerald if I didn't go a Strong. So that's what the poll's going to be, guys. You will decide our RVK's. Coach's Royal Rumble. It'll be Mario Cristobal versus Charlie Strong. We'll put the poll out. In fact, I'll do it as soon as we're done with and, this. And put Pat Fitzgerald. Give him three options. Pat Fitzgerald, too. Three options? Give him three options if you can. All right. Pat Fitzgerald, Charlie Strong, or Mario Cristobal. It'll be a Twitter poll. So if you do not follow us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter. It's like everything else. It's just at Raspy Voice Kids. Get at your boys. Tell us who is the champion. Podcast Network.